0: you have cousins you hardly know because they don't have very much to do with a Jewish way of life? Welcome to the Transformative DAF. My name is Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Today we are on DAF Yud Gimel, page 13 of Moed Cotton. And we learn that if you have common forebears, then you have an obligation to reach out and engage your cousins in their Jewish way of life. Welcome to the Transformative Duff, and thank you for being my Chavrissa today. I like to begin with a story. Three years after the departure of Yishmael and Hagar, Avraham went to visit his son. He arrives at noon and meets Yishmael's wife, a Moabite woman. He asks her, where is Yishmael? She replies, he and his mother went to bring fruits and dates from the wilderness. Please give me some bread and water, Avraham asks of her, for I'm tired from the rigors of the journey through the wilderness. I have neither water nor bread, she answers. He tells her, when Yishmael comes, say to him, an old man came from the land of Canaan to see you. And he said that you should change the threshold of your house, which is not good for you. Upon Yishmael's return from the wilderness, she tells him what has happened. And Yishmael understands his father's message. Three years later, Avram again goes to visit his son. Avram arrives at noon and finds Ishmael's new wife, Fatima. He asks her, where is Ishmael? She replies, he and his mother went to herd camels in the wilderness. Please give me some bread and water, he asks of her, for I am tired from the rigours of the journey through the wilderness. She brings forth bread and water and gives them to him. Avram stands and prays to God and Ishmael's house is filled with bounty and blessing. When Shmuel comes back, his wife tells him what had happened, and he understands that his father still loves him. Let's look at today's Gemara. One who sold his Canaanite servant to a Gentile and then died, the sages penalized his son after him because every day precludes him from performing mitzvahs. Let's analyze the Gemara. In ancient times, slavery was the norm. People treated human beings as chattel, almost subhuman. The Torah was the first legal system that circumscribed slavery with strict laws that served to make slavery an unattractive option in terms of hired labor. Concerning the Hebrew slave, our sages tell us, one who acquires a slave acquires a master. Such was the high standard of respect that one had to show his servant. Similarly, a Gentile slave had to be respected and offered a decent standard of living. One element that would aid in the maintenance of respect for the Gentile servant was the Torah's commandment to circumcise him immediately. He would then be welcomed into the household where he would be obligated to keep most mitzvahs, like the other members of the family. Purchasing a Gentile servant was a kind of redemption from the harsh barbaric life that he had otherwise known and an invitation into our civilized Jewish world where even slaves had divine rights and responsibilities. In fact, If one subsequently sold one's non-Jewish servant to a non-Jew, our sages decreed that he was obligated to repurchase him for up to 100 times the original sale value. Our sages were well aware that this individual would no longer receive the same level of treatment to which he had become accustomed in his Jewish home and his ability to perform mitzvahs would be severely curtailed. What if a Jew sold his servant to a Gentile and then died? Would his son be required to attend to the matter of repurchase? Our sages decreed that the son has an obligation to redeem this non-Jewish servant because every day that he remains in the Gentile home, he is unable to perform mitzvahs. Why does the son need to be concerned about this servant that he may never even have met? He wasn't the one who sold the man to the Gentile neighbor. It was his father and now we're asking him to pay up to 100 times the retail value simply so that this non-Jew can do a few mitzvahs? Clearly, the son has assumed the responsibility for this man due to the negligence of his father. He's not required to redeem the servant for the servant's sake specifically. If that were the case, he would be required to go around redeeming all servants, regardless of whether they had originally belonged to his father. Rather, the obligation to redeem him is in place here in order to complete his father's unfulfilled mission. Our sages teach a child can bring merit to his father. The Rashba explains that a child is an extension of the parent who brought him into the world. Consequently, a person lives on through the actions of his children. In fact, Rabbi Yitzhak Atia explains that a parent and child share the same soul. When the parent is suffering, the child shares in that suffering. When I was in Kola, one of the highlights was the Rosh Kola's weekly shmooze. One day he gathered us together and told us of a meeting that he recently attended with other Rashi Yeshiva. Their conclusion? The number of those leaving Torah life was unparalleled since the 1920s. Today, he said with a tear in his eye, like the 1920s, there is hardly a firm household where one of the children has not forsaken observance. Today, Baruch Hashem, many of the grandchildren of those who walked away a century ago have returned to lives of Torah and mitzvahs. But, practically speaking, from Bali Tshuva to even the fromest of families, everyone has siblings or cousins who are not observant. I know many people who don't even know their cousins because their parents, let's say, protected them from having a relationship with their non-observant family members. But is that the right approach? Your parents love every one of their children. Your grandparents and great-grandparents loved every one of their children. Somewhere along the line, one or two of those children may have drifted away from their Judaism. Do you think your grandparents gave up on them? Absolutely not. They davened for them. They pleaded with them. Their love and dedication never waned. And especially after they passed on to the world of truth, They certainly never despaired of the day that they would see their offspring return to a life of Torah and mitzvahs. Not only did they not despair, they longed for the day when their children would come around. After all, their souls are intertwined. Their descendants' choices affect them directly. The more mitzvahs children do in this world, the greater the merit of their parents in heaven. You might think you have very little in common with your non-observant siblings or cousins. After all, you and they lead very different lifestyles, and their lifestyle choices are not your problem, right? Comes along the Gemara and teaches us that your parents' concern is your concern. If their mission of inspiring their children remained unfulfilled, then you must assume that mission. Not because they're your cousins, that's also important, but not your primary reason but because you are a continuation of your parents' and grandparents' mission on this earth. If the Gemara is concerned about every moment that the poor Gentile servant is impeded from mitzvah performance, how much more so must you be concerned for every moment that your brother or cousin is missing out on mitzvahs? I have friends who have dedicated their lives to Kirov, to our brothers and sisters who are less familiar with their Jewish heritage. Tragically, at the same time, they have siblings who have drifted away into him, they haven't spoken in years. It's time to reach out to your siblings and cousins, first, second, third, it doesn't matter, and teach them the beauty of our heritage. It's your obligation because it was your parents, grandparents, and great-grandparents' mission. Even after Avraham was forced to part company with his son Yishmael due to Yishmael's immoral behavior, he never gave up on their relationship. Eventually, Yishmal was reunited with his brother Yitzchak and became a Baal If a child shares a soul with a parent, then you and your cousins are part of the same soul. Reach out to your long-lost relatives today. It will be an incredible source of spiritual strength to your common forebears. And who knows, you might even find that you have a lot more in common with them than you ever imagined. May you forever bring merit to the souls of your departed loved ones, wishing you a transformative day. Thank you for tuning into the Transformative Duff podcast with Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Whether you've been doing Duff Yomi for years, or you're not quite ready to commit but want to be part of the Duff Yomi global movement, there's something in the Transformative Duff for everyone. It's about joining the conversation. It's about talking over the daf with your family, your friends, your colleagues. It means never being short of a discussion starter or a meaningful Dvar Torah. Every page of the Gemara, every word, every letter contains the secrets of the universe to achieving a life of simcha and purpose. Transform your life today. The Transformative daf is published by Mosaic Press and available at all good Jewish bookstores and online from mosaicpress.com. Thank you, The Transformative Duff.